Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to episode number two of Around the Hearn. I'm so excited about this episode. I've been trying to get uh, a handful of things done throughout the course of the week. Took in some Bowling Green football on Tuesday night. Got to hear from the great Todd Walker. That didn't go real well for the Falcons. Nate and I went to Indianapolis, Indiana and watched AEW Wrestling last night. That was a lot of fun. First two days of the week, though, uh, kind, of, uh, kind of a wash as I sit here trying to figure this out on a Thursday. Again, I'm excited about this show because three of my favorite people are on this show. Troy Yant, the head coach at Ottawa Glandorf. We'll talk about the Lady Titans season coming up here in a few. Corey Britton, the Fort Laramie boys coach. We'll talk about their season and a little bit about last year. And uh, they have 18 wins last year. That's a, a correction. Not the 25 that I said that was actually two years ago. Tried to pull up the schedule quick. Ah, it didn't work out. And Katie Hempfling, the uh, standout and all-time leading scorer at OG, now playing at BGSU. So we'll see. Uh, you'll hear what the three of them have to say coming up here in a bit. We'll talk a lot about some college kids playing in the area, about 10 or 11 that I could find. I always hate this in that you could do an entire episode of this show just talking about the immense amount of talent that we have in the area that are playing in college. So I will inevitably miss a handful of kids, and for that I apologize. If you would like to hear a young man or a young woman talked about on this show, just tweet me, at Michael Hearn PVP. You can find me on email as well, at Mike at MichaelHearn.com. And uh, I'm always happy to hear where kids are going and where they're playing well because, again, to be honest with you, we're blessed, like I said, with so much talent. It's so hard to keep track of every single one. I did get a really nice uh, Twitter message from Cole Frilling's mom a couple of days ago, and she told me all about how Cole is doing at Case Western. We'll hear about that coming up here in a bit. But first, a look at high school football this week. The uh, regional finals take place and a shot at another state semifinal. I'm excited for Saturday night. I've got Marion Local and Bremen in Wampakoneta for K94. Marion Local at 10-2 and two survived Fort Loramie. That's the way that I would say that in the first playoff game of the new stadium in St. Mary's. 24-21, just a, a heck of a battle on both sides. Marion Local comes out on top. Lorme actually had a field goal blocked in the third quarter. And Marion Local comes back after leading 7-0, and they give up 14 straight points. Now they take on a Bremen, a team they did not play this year because of how the max sits and is situated. Bremen went 9-3. They beat up on Perry 42-14. That game wasn't that close. Uh, Perry trailed 42-0 at the half. Other games, you can hear this one on uh, Z Sports 3. You can find it online at zsportslive.com. 11-1 Lipsick beat Edgerton 39-6. So they take on 9-3 Patrick Henry, who beat Norwalk St. Paul 42-14. My heart actually went out to the Patrick Henry kids. Their game got delayed by 45 or so minutes because their bus got into an accident on the way to the game. Now put that in perspective. You're a 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kid you're on your way to a game. You're hype. You're trying to get to, to 
where you're playing and getting the right mindset, and someone hits the bus. Thankfully, they were all okay, and they were able to uh, pick up that win. So that's a that's a fascinating matchup. The winner of that game in Lipstick and Patrick Henry will take on either Marion Local or New Bremen as the state announced Region 26 and Region 28 will face off next week. Other big games, not a lot of teams left in the area, depending on what you believe this area is covered by. Ottawa Glandorf got to 9-3 and three with a 21-14 win over Wasion in Defiance. They go now to take on Clyde, a team that beat the Shelby Whippets 35-21 at Tiffin Columbian High School. That's a dangerous OG team. Blonde locks for everybody. And whatever the deal is with the blonde hair has really helped that team out this year and the last couple of years when they've gone to it. I kind of think they should be blonde from the beginning of the season. I don't know how mom and dad would take that with senior pictures and all that, but uh, the Titans are something else with that blonde hair. See if they get a win. Because of that, the uh, uh, game that would have taken place on Saturday afternoon, which would be the Spencerville and Ottawa Glendorf girls basketball game, or Saturday night, got moved until December. Kind of bummed, was looking forward to that one, but I guess taking solace in calling high school football will have to work. 11-1 Anna will take on 11-1 Archbold. Archbold beat Liberty Center. Liberty Center got a two-point conversion attempt, and they missed it late after they got their touchdown to go for the win. Anna just straight rolled. Riley Hillscamp, six touchdowns over 300 yards and a 54-20 win over Fairview. That is a terrific matchup as well. I can't wait to see how all those games turn out. I know that that one will be on TV around the area and uh, just the teams that are left are just ridiculous. I've seen a handful of them in person and man, oh man, do we have some terrific high school teams in the area. High school basketball kind of changed pace. Girls get started this weekend. There is a massive matchup between Minster and Fort Loramie in girls basketball this weekend. If I could be in nine places at once, I would be at every one of these games. But unfortunately, or depending on who's listening, fortunately there's only one of me. A Friday night, Spencerville and Continental is on Z Sports 3. Ottawa Glendorf and Kaleida. Titans looking for their seventh straight win in that series. Is on WZOQ Radio. And I know that uh, a lot of people looking forward to a lot of these matchups getting started to see how that season turns out. The big news out of that Spencerville OG, I guess, set of games is they're in the same district. They would have played what could have been a district preview just like the last couple of years. But like I said, it doesn't take place now until early December. Still can't wait. Saturday night, girls basketball takes over, but the boys are going to split a lot of people. A lot of great games later on in this season. I know I'm looking forward to, I just have a handful of them in front of me. Coldwater and the Minster girls on January 9th. Uh, Audeville Minster girls take place on Saturday, January 18th. Just a wealth, Minster and Anna, on January the 25th. There's a theme here. Minster's going to be very good. And uh, this is a big one right here. Late in the season, right before the tournament, Saturday the 15th of February, 
Liberty Benton at Fort Loramie Girls at 2.30 in the afternoon. That's followed up by Minster and Anna Boys that night. That's where I'll be, and uh, those are going to be terrific games. I would love to hear who everybody else has as their marquee game this year. Again, you can tweet me at Michael Hearn PVP and uh, let me know. That's uh, just a look around the area. Take a, a quick break and step away. Some of the great people that helped me bring you this podcast, like Lee Kinsel. Just a couple of words from them, and then you'll hear from the head coach of the Ottawa Glendorf Lady Titans and at Troy Yant here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer could come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Talking to Otto Glendorf, Coach Troy Ann. Troy, how are you? Very good. You guys, a uh, little bit different. You returned three starters coming into this year, but it's a younger team overall, I would say. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. I think it's one of the youngest teams I've had. Uh, we got four freshmen, I believe, playing varsity, and uh, maybe three sophomores. So half the roster, freshmen and sophomores. But you get three seniors, uh, one of which has played a lot of minutes in Brianna Schimler, and I, I've really loved getting to see her through the fall and getting to see – it seems like with other sports, she's becoming more vocal and maybe a bigger leader. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, obviously she had a central role in the volleyball team, and, and I, you know, she's carried over some of that into basketball. She's – obviously, you know, we, we depended on her for a lot last year, and uh, – Maybe her and Kelsey of uh, Erford have had to step up this year in, in practices and try and find their voice with five seniors gone and try and uh, maybe, you know, lead some of the younger girls. Uh, I think it's been a little frustrating for them simply because, um, you know, they have been the ones that have had the opportunity to kind of follow. And now all of a sudden they're um, expected to some extent to, to show the way and, and also to get these younger girls to kind of buy in and, and know what we want them to do. Have you been able to see kind of a growth through with them playing in the summer and now the last couple of weeks of them maybe accepting that role? Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, uh, slow growth. Um, and, and I wouldn't say that they're, they're not capable of it. That both of them are obviously capable of being leaders and, and doing all that. I think it's just a matter of um, them finding how much we need to depend on them in every game, how much we need to depend you know, for scoring, for, for leadership on defense, and, and mostly just communicating and making sure that the younger girls are on the same page. Um, where, where we haven't had that problem maybe in the last two years with, you know, a lot of experience coming back, uh, that's maybe our biggest challenge this year is trying to get everybody on the same page, playing at the same speed, playing at the same level. And I think that that's actually maybe holding them back, you know, where in the past it was just plug and play, let's go. Uh, we're doing a lot more teaching uh, and a lot more review, uh, and I think that's a little bit frustrating for them because they, you know, we're chomping at the bit. They're chomping at the bit. Let's get started. We're a couple days away from first game. We should be doing this, this, and this. But it's coming. It's just a little slower than it has been in the last couple of years. 
It's not a, not exactly an easy thing right out of the gate. You get a collided team that returns a handful, and I know you were looking forward originally to a double weekend, but uh, the success of the football team has kind of uh, put a stop to that. Yeah, um, you know, we've seen Kawhi play a couple times this summer. Um, you know, it's, it's, they're very athletic, do a lot of nice things. And obviously Spencer Gold with the, with the district semifinal game last year, and we saw them this summer. Uh, we were looking forward to kind of seeing where we were, having that double weekend, and then you know, kind of reevaluating over a day or two before we faced Sonora. Uh, but this may actually work to our benefit for so another practice day, another day to, you know, do it on Friday night, see how we do against Kalida, come right in on Saturday and, and kind of clean a few things up while it's still fresh in our mind uh, before we get to Nora on Tuesday. Um, you know, best of luck to the football team. You know, if you're going to lose a game, that's what you want to do. You want to want to have it lose a game for that reason. In fact, I wouldn't mind rescheduling that game again if the boys can make it all the way to the state finals. So. It's it's one of those things. It's like LB had in the fall. It's not exactly a bad uh a bad thing to be able to say, well, you know, the other programs are having some pretty good success. No, you, you know, in any program, success breeds success. And obviously when, when kids in the community and the school side of them are used to success, that, that bodes well for all the programs. So we wish them the most success. And, you know, the same thing with volleyball. It's disheartening to, to see the girls lose to LB, with, you know, coming off of our triple overtime uh, fiasco. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, and uh you know, that can kind of burn a little fire in them hopefully for this season. It's kind of odd how that rivalry with LB, I think it's one of the better ones in the area because it, it's happened on so many fronts. It's You guys got them for a while after they had uh, beaten you for so long, and hopefully that uh, you figure out a way that swings back your way when you see them in, what, late December? Uh, actually, I think we move that back even further. I think we play them in late February. Uh, we bumped that game out of the – Christmas break period and moved it to February. We had originally thought we were going to be maybe playing Afrocentric in that weekend, so that that fell through. But uh, you know, that no matter when that game is, that's a tournament environment game, and it's great for both programs. It's just, I think it's a lot of a lot of coaches in the area when they talk to them, they you know they follow that game just to kind of get a gauge of where where basketball in the, in the area is. So um, you know, I don't know that we're going to be able to compete at that level right away, but hopefully by the end of the season, especially with a young roster, we can build them up and see where we're at. You look at the WBL this year, you guys start uh, the first couple of weeks in December, you get Wapak and Elida home and away. Uh, what do you think about the league going in, going into this year? Well, um, you know, obviously Wapak finished uh, behind us in second place last year. I think they got a significant amount of returning uh, talent. And, and Rusty always does a great job of having them ready to go. They also have a heck of a schedule out of the shoot. I mean, they play some tough teams, Minster, St. Henry. Um, so before we get a chance to look at them, they will be battle tested and they'll be ready to go. And um, so I expect them to be in, this, in that top tier. Um, St. Mary's, who took us down to the wire last year, 43-41 team, has most of their roster returning. So, uh, you know, we got them, I think, third game of the season, third WBL game. Um, so, you know, the, the league is, is as good as it's been in the last couple of years, and I think Bath will be right there. Um, Craig's done a great job, you know, getting those girls ready. There's a number of those four or five girls who have played now for two, three, four years of experience. And then Elida is kind of the, you know, with Elise over there, she's coached those girls in junior high, had them as eighth graders. They were a really good eighth grade team, and she's got a lot of talent there. 
uh, plays an up-tempo game. So we're, I'm really looking forward to seeing how she does with that program and, and see how we compete against them. I think they're kind of a dark horse, not finishing real well last year, but I think they got a lot of incoming talent. They're pretty athletic. It's odd how your schedule lays out. I feel like you guys are at times like the San Antonio Spurs when they go on their rodeo trip every year. For some reason, there's like three or four games right in a row. You get that uh, through the middle part of January. You go to Lima Senior, Audeville, Salina, Delta. Uh, for the most part, they're not long trips, but it's just weird how you kind of find out about your team in mid-January every year like that. Well, and at the time when, you know, uh, last, you know, Christmas time, the last couple of years, it's kind of been overloaded. We kind of alleviated some of that in our Christmas time. I think we removed it put the Audeville game out of that Christmas break, put the LB game out of that Christmas break. But that was always just kind of a gauntlet to get through. Uh, kind of pushed it back a little later in the season uh, to spread some of that out. But, you know, uh, I think by the time we play Delta, we'll have a pretty good chance by the end of January. We'll have a pretty good idea of knowing who we are a couple weeks before LB and, and hopefully uh, still be in the league race and, you know, finish up strong. So, uh, you know, we, we haven't put a great deal of, of effort into looking how the schedule lays out because we're more concerned just with this opening week. And obviously we thought we had the Friday, Saturday night game up until just recently. So uh, we're just trying to get young girls ready to play at a varsity level. I thought they've done really well in the, in the couple of scrimmages that we've had acclimating themselves and, and um, playing at a pretty high rate. What are you most looking forward to about this season? Well, you know, in, in years, the last couple of years, I've always had enough returners that, you know, to be honest, we step on the floor, we got a pretty decent chance of, of winning. <laughs> you know, with Katie around, it wasn't that hard to be a coach. You just kind of, Katie, do your thing, and I'll try and get the right people around you at the right time. And then last year, having five teams, Carson stepped into that role and, and did provide a great leadership. You had Ashley uh, leader, kind of, you know, a great one-two punch and, and really great leader. So, you know, most games, with you know, as long as I didn't screw it up, you know, we were going to be we were going to be in it. And this year, I think uh, the coaching staff was really taking a we really stepped up trying to figure out ways to put them in there. You know, early anyway. That we figure out who those leaders are and who the starting rotation is going to be and that stuff. Just trying to figure out a way to, to you know, coach, I guess, uh, or teach in a sense and, and, you know, not really worry about whether what the scoreboard says, but really just worry about are we getting better every game to, to put us in that position this season to, to do something. The age old joke of you actually have to be a good coach this year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the coaching staff's going to have to be on their toes. Uh, we're going to, and I think that. You know, um, hopefully uh, we, we have enough experience. Uh, we, we know what we're doing. And hopefully we can uh, do more good than harm <laughs> and, and, you know, get these girls ready to play. Well, I wish you guys the best luck this season. Hey, thank you much. And, uh, thanks for uh, all you do for AG Girls Basketball. That's Troy Yant, the head coach of Ottawa Glendorf. Hey, it's Kirk Herbstreit from ESPN. Football's played a big part in my life, but football's also a lot more than just big plays, wins, losses, and championships. Football teaches young people about dedication, sacrifice, teamwork, and overcoming adversity. Not every team can be a state champion, but every team and every player can give a state championship effort. So let's respect the game and get out and support your local school. You'll be amazed of all the good things you see happening at Ohio's schools. Back on the show now talking to Corey Britton, the Fort Laramie boys head coach. And, Coach, you guys are not that far away from your season getting started next weekend. That's got to that's gotta feel good for you. 
Yeah, uh, we, we actually made the decision late last week that we're going to push our first two games back. Um, so we, we moved our Farallon and our New Knoxville games into middle of January and uh, late February. So uh, we're actually not going to open up till the 6th um, when we travel to Rushi. So we, we got a little extra time, which is nice because we've been waiting on about 17 football players. <laughs> and unfortunately, their season comes to an end in just heartbreaking fashion last weekend. That's uh, uh, That you, was crazy. Yeah, I tell you what, our, our kids played unbelievable. Um, our coaching staff had them really well prepared. I thought they took about everything away from Marion Local, but a couple fourth down plays. Um, I I was really impressed with the way our kids played and the way they fought and, and their grit and their toughness. And uh, they took the best of the best down to the wire. And not a whole lot of teams have been able to do that over the last couple of years. And it's kind of crazy, too, because you look at who they've lost to in the tournament in the last couple of years. I mean, you lose to Marion Local, a team that's been eight straight finals. Last year, they lost to the team that beat Marion in the finals in Macomb. It's just one of those things. Is it kind of newer teams, I want to say, like younger teams in terms of experience, about eventually playing those games and just getting over that hump? Yeah, I mean, for our football program, I mean, up until last year, I think they won a total of two playoff games. Um, and then last year, they, they won the regional and lost to a really good Macomb team who ended up winning the state championship. And then this year, they win another uh, playoff game, and, and they take a team that hasn't lost. And I did this research, and somebody's probably going to correct me, but I think I went back to Division 2002, the last time Marion lost a regional game against a non-MAC team. So probably Don Kemper's uh, online one. I'm I'm sure he'll be able to correct me, but I was just interested in seeing it, and uh, our kids are right there, right there. And it's how much of that can you sort of carry over with those kids? Of I realize they're they're tired, they're beaten, so to speak, from the long football season, but just uh, that winning attitude they're bringing over. You guys get 25 wins last year. How much of that carried over? Oh, I mean, it's, you'll you'll talk to any coach. I mean, we we have winners at Fort Laramie, and it's it's a blessing. Our kids just don't want to win; they expect to win, and that's in every sport. I mean, across the board, we've we've been really blessed the last six years to have really good athletes, and the football team's been tremendous. Our basketball team's been pretty good, and our our baseball team has been extremely good. I just came off of a state title two years ago, so I mean. We, we have good athletes and that winning culture, um, winning breeds winning, um, and we got a lot of it going on right now. Last year, I was talking about 25-3, and three, just a tremendous season. You guys went on that big run where it seemed like it wasn't your style that was giving people problems or it was just the fact that you were just able to make so many more plays when they counted. Yeah, I mean, last year we had a bunch of inexperienced kids. Um, we had a group of five seniors that, Three of them actually played JV as juniors, so they were uh, learning on a run. And I think we were uh, three and four right before Christmas there, and we ended up winning nine or ten in a row in the month of January, and we got hot at the right time, and we were able to get back to the regional level, which I don't think anybody really thought was possible last year, and that's a, that's a big credit to our senior class. We had five really good seniors, um, good leaders, strong kids who uh, – had that winning mentality, and, and they bought in, and they accepted roles, and 
we were a little mixed match. I think we had five seniors, four sophomores, and one junior that played last year. So uh, we were a little um, uneven. We were young, but our seniors brought us a long way. You get a lot of big games, and what I love about what you seem to be doing over there is every year you guys play. Last year it was in Indiana, uh, and that was just a terrific experience for everybody. But how did playing Highland in the Holiday Soups Classic in Wooster come about? Uh, we had a kid, uh, Evan Burning, a couple years ago that was recruited and actually went to Worcester for a year and was on their basketball team. And uh, they called us, the College of Worcester called us. It's actually the Steve Smith, I believe is his name, Cancer Classic. He is a Hall of Fame coach from uh, Orville. So they sort of have this event in his honor and, we were lucky enough to get matched up with the defending Division Four state runners-up. So I don't know if that's lucky or bad timing or what it is, but uh, we'll have our hands full that night. It helps you find out how good you are, though. Yeah, uh, that that's a stretch of our schedule where we'll find out where we're at at that point in time. I think we play Jackson Center on Tuesday, St. Henry on Friday, Highland on Saturday, Anna the following Friday, and Botkins the following Friday. So... We'll find out where we're at in a hurry. I always look for storytelling games from my perspective on people's schedules, and I ask coaches about this, but I got to imagine when you get to February that the boys are going to be pretty hyped to play Marion Local. Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, it's, it's turned into a really good rivalry the last couple of years. Um, I mean, we, we played them in a really good game at home two years ago and found a way to win, and they got us back in the regional championship game. And then uh, last year we started um, at the Impact game, which we honor two people from the Fort, Fort Loramie and Marion local communities, one being Dan Toby, who uh, passed away of cancer last fall, and then Aaron Rose, uh, who was a teacher here at Fort Loramie, um, but his kids and his family live in Marion local. He, he passed away in a car accident. Actually, the same night we played uh, Marion local in the regional finals. So we play for a trophy. It's the impact game um, in honor of two unbelievable men who had lasting impacts in both communities. Um, Dan Toby actually coached football here at Fort Laramie a while ago, and he was on Tim's staff um, up until he passed away. So, And then Aaron coached football and basketball here, um, was a teacher here. Uh, two unbelievably stand-up men. Um, people that our, our boys can really uh, look up to and, and, and be role models. I kind of feel like that's an exclusive high school thing in terms of being able to honor people in that way of, you know, you've obviously been around college basketball and you don't get as much kind of uh, chances to do stuff like that, but just it's so neat to watch when unfortunate things happen, the way close communities come together and especially annually now with things like that. Yeah, I mean, we play for a wooden trophy, and uh, me and uh, Coach Miller, we got together, and we we wanted to do something that honored both men, and he came up with that idea, and both our athletic directors and uh, Mr. Koenig at, at Marion Local did just an unbelievable job of getting the trophy, and we did t-shirts, and it was a really special event last year um, until Marion waxed us when the ball went up. But uh, it, just to, to, start, to see two small communities 
come together for two families and, and two men that had an impact on so many people's life was, it was really special. And we're really excited to do it again this year at our place. Um, and hopefully we can keep the tradition and, um, that special, special game alive for years to come. How busy of a dude are you right now with young kids? And obviously, uh, the announcement recently, uh, it's neat. I'm, I'm sure to be able to share that I I've seen it and it's just, my wife says the pictures are absolutely adorable by the way of, uh, everything that you have going on, but it's, it's that time of year, time to go to work, right? No, I mean, I, I don't say it enough, at least to her face, but I got the best basketball wife in the world. Um, she was well aware of what she was getting into um, a long time ago, and she stuck to her word. It's never a complaint. I mean, I think on Saturday we, our bus left. Uh, we scrimmaged, and I think our bus left at a touch before 9, which means I was at school around 8. Um, we were gone till about 2. I came home for about two hours and then got back in the car and went to the football game. So I think I saw my wife and my daughter for about an hour and a half that entire day and I got home and there wasn't a complaint in the world. Uh, she, she's, she's the rock. I, I couldn't do what I do without her, but yeah, it's a, it's a busy season. I mean, we're, we're trying to find another scrimmage for next weekend. Uh, practices will kick up with the entire program on Thursday after the football guys get a couple of days of rest. And then we're off and running and we're going to play 22 games in one last week. So that means even more time away, even more time prepping, but I mean, we do it for the kids and, and that's what, I love my job, and my wife loves it too. What are you most looking forward to about this season? I just think I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I, I think our league will be about as good as it's ever been. I think we have every team in the league this year um, is good enough to beat somebody. And then I'm, I'm interested to see how our team comes along. We have two seniors, um, one being a four-year letter winner. And the other one that's going to play varsity basketball for the first time in his career. And then we got about four or five juniors and a couple sophomores that are going to play in our varsity rotation. So we're on the younger side. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how much we grow and, and we learn over the course of the year. And hopefully we can play really good basketball by the end of January, early February. Um, but it's going, to be a, it's going to be a growing process and it's going to be something that we got to learn and make adjustments to on the fly. Well, you know, if you're not doing real well, come like January, or February, you could always try growing out mullets. That's worked well in the past. It has. We have. We are our starting post player right now has one. So, football team was growing a little facial hair for the playoff run. So, it'll be interesting to see if they keep that as well. Just try to look like the meanest team walking out of the locker room, if nothing else. I hope so. I mean, that's one thing we do. Hopefully, we're physical and um, we're a mean group that gets after it defensively. Well, I wish you guys best luck this season. I'm excited about being able to cover a handful of your games. Ah, me too. Uh, we enjoy having you cover, and I know you do a great job with everything. So we appreciate it. I appreciate you. That's Corey Britton, the uh, Fort Lauderdale boys coach. More when we come back here on the show. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well, then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Big thanks both to Corey Britton and Troy Yanti here from both of those gentlemen and uh, two of the best coaches that I know, two of the best people 
that I know as well. And both getting started on the OG girls tomorrow night and then Fort Loramie next week. You heard uh, each coach talk about their challenges and what they may have uh, come up and switch gears, go to college, talk to Katie Hemplin here coming up in a bit. But I tried to make this list, and I alluded to this earlier, as big as possible, but there's just uh, so much talent from Northwest Ohio playing at the collegiate ranks. I want to talk about the uh, high school district awards that just came out for football here in a second as well. But you look at college right now, you've got Ryan Mikesell, the redshirt senior at the University of Dayton, leading the 3-0 Flyers. It's not a bad week for them next week. They're headed out to play in Maui at the Maui Invitational. They take on Georgia Monday at 2.30 on ESPN2. Mike sell through his first three games this year. 14 points a game. Season high 16 and a win over Omaha on a Tuesday. University of Finley has a three young ladies from the immediate area in uh, Columbus Grove's Page Bellman, Audeville's Bridget Landon, and Madison Stalley from Lima Central Catholic. Oilers not off to a great start, three and four so far on the year. They go to Davenport on a Friday night. Look at Bridget Landon. About nine and a half points a game, seven rebounds. He's picked up a pair of double-doubles on the year. Madison Stalley from LCC, four points a game for her so far. And Paige Bellman had a monster night with 19 points a couple of nights ago against Wayne State on Tuesday, averaging 10.6 and 8.4. And if you haven't gone out to go see that team, go watch them play. They have a, a wealth of talent that is just uh, – they're going to play well. I, I'm for sure that the rest of this year, that's going to be a good team, especially come tournament time. Look at the Finley men. Three of the uh, kids from the area, Nathan Bruns from Marion Local, Tyler Hegel from Lipsick, and Ethan Linder from Wayne Trace. Fair freshman and a sophomore, Linder being the sophomore. For a Finley team trying to find its way, they're 1-5 on the year so far. Bruns coming off a 17-point game against Quincy and his only team's win. He's averaging 12 points a game. It's not a big shock. He's a terrific athlete, and he's got a great pedigree. His brother's actually playing overseas. I saw on Twitter you can watch a handful of Ryan's games, and I hope he does well, too, because one of the best that Marion Local and Ohio Northern has put out. Eagle hasn't played yet, but uh, Linder so far on the season, 7.3 points per game. His high came in that same game that Bruns had his. He had 12 points against Quincy. Pair of football players from St. Francis University in Indiana. Got Columbus Grove's Reese Roney named an MSFA All-Mid-East League first-team offensive lineman. It's the second time that he has garnered that honor. And his teammate, Van Wert's Gavin Gardner, first-team MSFA All-Mid-East League kicker for the second time for a program that I'm always sad I never get to go see because the games always end up being the same time as I'm covering something else, but proud of those kids, especially Reese. His brother, Trey, shout out to him, tweeted him after I congratulated him on Twitter and said, way to go to the second best athlete in our family. I'm going to go ahead and leave that one alone because I don't know that Mark's not the best athlete in the whole family. They're dad. He gives me free ice cream. Look at the uh, collegiate basketball ranks. 
one guy from each side of the border. X Simpson at Michigan. 4-0 are the Wolverines. They play tomorrow night at Houston Baptist or against Houston Baptist before they head to the Bahamas for the Battle of Atlantis. They have Iowa State in the opener. They could possibly see Alabama or North Carolina in their second game. X or Z, if you're the NCAA. Averaging 11.3 points per game and about seven assists through his first three games on the year. Justin Arns in Columbus, the Versailles product. Three games played so far. He's averaging three points a game for the 4-0 Buckeyes. And Xavier's Courtney Pranger out of Minster. One and three on the year so far for the Musketeers under Ottawa Glendor product. Melanie Myers as their coach. They get Wright State on Saturday at home. I hope people are able to go down and watch that one. Four and a half points a game. But her first game on November the 7th against Utah, she comes right out of the gate. Eight points and nine rebounds in her collegiate debut. Similar to what young man from Coldwater and Cole Frilling did at Case Western. His team sits at 2-2 two and two on the year. They take on Kalamazoo on Saturday, but he had 12 points in his first career game. A 96-94 winner over Central Iowa. The aerospace engineering major, averaging 8 points a game. So that's a look at about a dozen college kids in the area and what they're doing. Again, if you know one that I missed, because I know I did. It's just... Uh, <laughs> It's just hard trying to figure out every single one. Uh, you can tweet me at Michael Hearn PVP or email me. Hit me up on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Michael Hearn PVP. And the uh, Northwest District football teams, after the All-League Awards came out a week or so ago, sending out their Ohio Prep Sports Writers Association panel to uh, send out some awards, and D3 got it right. St. Mary's Blake Kenora is the co-defensive lineman of the year despite the fact that he got snubbed to be the best lineman in his own league. Luke Fackler gets co-defensive player of the year in Division Four from Kenton. Aaron Raymond, the offensive lineman of the year in the WBL, is also a co-defensive lineman, or offensive lineman, rather, of the year in the Northwest District. And Ken Schreiner, co-coach of the year, received special honors. Just a, a great job by Ken and his blonde-clad team, as again, they will play this weekend in the regional finals. Wes Schrader is from Lipsick. Coaches at Allen East, was named the co-coach of the year in D6. Matt Everman, from Marion Local in Division 7. He was the MAC Defensive Player of the Year. Now he's the co-defensive player of the year in all of D7 in the Northwest District. Riley Spangler from Lipsick also selected as lineman of the year. Harry's Dan Baker and Lipsick's Joe Kirkendall among those picked as coach of the year. Kirkendall with, again, a date this weekend that is super interesting to anyone who knows the whole backstory. Lipsick and Patrick Henry, the place he was, the place he went to, and now in Lipsick's case, the place he's come back to. Should make for a fun storyline in that game. D2, uh, Lima Senior's defensive lineman Brandon Taylor was the first team pick. Division three, you've got Tyler Schroer from Wapakoneta and Brian Ward from St. Mary's, both first-team offensive linemen. Isaac Meeks, first-team on the defensive line from Wapak, along with Blake Kenor. Lucas Walter from St. Mary's, Devin Hillscamp from Wapak, and Ty Howell, first-team selections out of 
the uh, D3 districts. Jaden Cornell, the offensive end is what he's listed at. He was the offensive player of the year in the Western Buckeye League. He's a first-team pick, along with Blaine Houston from Kenton, who had the uh, third-highest yardage passing total in a single game in OHSA history. Just think about that for a second. When he threw for nearly 750 yards in a loss to St. Mary's. Logan Schmitz from OG. Keegan Hammonds from Van Wert. Logan Miller from OG. And Ethan Alt, the punter from Ottawa Glendorf. First team honors in a Division 5. Sorry, in Division 4. Division 6. It's pretty much a no-brainer for a lot of these kids that are on here because they are terrific offensive threats. Alex Snyder from Columbus Grove had a terrific year behind his quarterback and Blake Reynolds. Broke all kinds of records. Reese Verhoff, the kicker, is on there. Blake Dippold, one of my favorite kickers to watch because he's just so good and automatic from Coldwater. Gunnar King, a defensive lineman from Grove, and Garrett Neff from Allen East. Eli Yale from Spencerville. Shout out to Eli for what he's done throughout his career. His, his family is, they're one of the best. Blake Harshbarger from Allen East and Rossi Moore, all on the first team, along with Minster's Trent Reckerman, Noah Miller from Coldwater, great multi-sport athlete, Dylan Sharp from Minster, Ethan Truex from LCC, and Alex Schmidtmeyer and Sean Thomas from Minster and LCC, respectively. D7 was just as good in the area. Bryce Basinger from Pandora-Gaboa. Charlie Hillsman from Marion Local, Chaz Jackson from Perry, along Lance Goods Hard Nor- from Hard Northern, Demarion Gibson from Perry, Owen Weatherill from Hard Northern, Juan Pena from Lipsick, Crestview's Isaiah LaTurner, Matt Everman of Marion Local, Grant Meyer from Marion Local, Isaac Stahl from PG, Caleb Lommers from Lipsick, and then defensive backs, you've got Devaris Glenn from Perry and Mitchell Hayes from New Bremen. A look at the Northwest District picks. In football this year, so many great kids on these lists, and I can't wait to see what a lot of them do as they're two-sport athletes in basketball as well. Speaking of uh, multi-sport athletes, I've got one of those coming up. And uh, Katie Hempfling representing the OG and the BGSU. When do we come back here on Around the Hearn? From classic weddings to corporate galas and seasonal parties, Vaughn's Place serves all type of events. Make your social affair the talk of the town with their one-of-a-kind catering services. Vaughn's Place sets themselves apart by mixing creative thinking and colorful ideas with the finest culinary ingredients. Don't forget to check out their website at vaughnsplace.net or contact them for details on your event center rental or event catering. That's Vaughn's Place at 419-453-4227 in Audeville and online at vaughnsplace.net. Joined now by Kitty Hempfling, Ottawa Glendorf's all-time leading scorer and a sophomore at BGSU. And Kitty, good year for you guys off to a 3-0 start so far. Yeah, we're uh, so far so good. Um, we're really coming together as a team. We're really starting to gel together. And we're honestly just getting better every day at practice. And that's one thing Coach really emphasizes is the fact that we have to get better each day, no matter what it would be in. And I really think also our defense has gotten a lot better since last year, and that's really been our main focus. And I always have believed that um, ever since I played in high school that defense leads to your offense. That's uh, what I talked to Troy earlier on in this podcast, and he talks about that this year with having a younger team, and he hopes that 
they can continue that OG transition. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's where I got it from, and I really believed it because he really focused on defense. And now um, I see it here at Bowling Green um, with our coaching staff and the girls. We're really buying in, and um, I think it's going to be a fun year. Well, and how different was that, too, for you? Because it's not really a secret. When you committed, they switched the coaching staff, so you maybe didn't know right away how that was going to be until you talked to Robin about that. But that's kind of an odd, awkward thing to go from high school to college and maybe not know. Yeah, I definitely was worried. But um, honestly, at that that point in my life, I left it up to faith and God, and I knew – that the path that I was on was where I needed to be. And I knew that I was going to Bowling Green for a purpose. And so I think that um, it was nerve wracking, you know, but I knew of Coach Fralick and um, of her background and everything else. And she got some of the best coaches that we could have. Um, I think our coaching staff is definitely one of the best. And I feel very blessed to be able to learn from them each and every day. It also helps that you have a pretty big and pretty great support system in place. Oh, for sure. I am so blessed um, with my, not, not only my family supporting me and coming to watch, but everyone else from the OG community and Putnam County that come and watch each and every game here at the Stro and or travel with us. I just think it really means a lot to us and the girls and um, just to see so many people up in the stands and familiar faces. It's so nice to be able to play. feel like I'm playing um, still in high school sometimes when we have r- really big crowds and Half of them are from Putnam County. <laughs> and it's so cool because to, to be able to have gone to that a couple of times and look out and go, you know, these are all the same people I see on a Thursday night in the WBL game at the Supreme <laughs> Court, and they're just as loud here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just that's the best part. They uh, No matter where they're at, whether they're at the Robert J. Hermeler or they're at the Stroh Center here, I feel like they're always going to bring some energy, and that's really helped us on the court, you know. Um, if we get a little bit of momentum, if the crowd gets into it, you know, that really helps us play as well. You go last year, you kind of fit in. You don't have to shoulder that scoring load. You lead the team in rebounds and uh, uh, in assists. Was that an easier transition for you because you didn't have to maybe be the big scorer every night? Um, yes and no. I mean, um, in high school, it just kind of came – how it did, you know, um, when it came down to it, yeah, I was, I was the leading scorer most of the time, but here in college, I basically just take what I can get. And, uh, honestly, rebounding is just effort and hard work and, um, passing is my favorite thing to do in basketball. So I think that's where the assists come from. Cause I just get as excited for me to score as someone else does. If, if I get a pass from the ball, just because, um, I don't know. I've always loved doing that. But rebounding has always been one of my top things, too. You just have to get the right positioning. But, I mean, scoring, um, like I said, whatever BG needs, like whatever our team needs is what I hope to fulfill. So if it's not scoring, that's okay with me. But if one night I do have to score a few more points because of the matchups, et cetera, et cetera, then I'll do my best to do that. But honestly, whatever the team needs. First three games – you go through and have had double-digit rebounds in two of those games, and it, it seems like the team is gelling really well right now. You get Rion being able to play big minutes. She had a big night the other night against Notre Dame College. You guys feel good as you go to Valpo on Sunday? 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely feel like we have a a uh, certain amount of confidence within our team, and I think we're really playing well together. And we really believe in each other, and we have faith in each other, and that's really huge in a system like this. And, um, like, the coaches, players, everyone just believes and bought in, and I think that's a huge point in being successful. It seems to make a lot of people laugh. I'll look at the box scores, and the other night you have 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 8 points, where – it'll get retweeted. Everybody's like, oh, Katie nearly had a triple-double. Is this news or is this just a normal game? You're playing pretty well right now. Um, Yeah, I'm just trying to go out and just play really hard, you know. And, um, yeah, <laughs> the triple-double. Oh, God. But, um, you know, I don't really worry about that at all during the game. I'm just trying to play hard, play good, play as well as I can for the team and for – you know, Bowling Green. You guys go to Canada next week. You go to Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. I laughed when I saw the the teams in the Victoria Invitational because it's not exactly like you go there to play Canadian teams. You've got Green Bay, Mississippi State, or San Francisco next week. Cal Baptist, Houston, Stanford, or Syracuse. I, I say this all the time about teams. You guys are going to find out how good you are by the end of Saturday, November 30th. Oh, definitely. I agree. You know, just going in there, um, we're going to go up there and try to be as competitive as we can be, you know. Um, I don't really know what to expect out of all those teams or out of us, you know. Um, we only went to Myrtle last year, and so, I mean, I've only. never really been We only to went to the nice beach well, last year. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, it wasn't a big tournament. It was just a few teams there. Like, I feel like this year it's more of like a showcase-type tournament, and I'm just really excited to go to Canada, see what we can do, and see what we can learn, and come back. Because um, really what matters to us is conference play. And, you know, that's right after Christmas. So we really just um, are dead set on the MAC, but we also want to have a really successful non-conference season as well. Outside of Green Bay, are those tournaments different because you don't know who to prepare for less than 24 hours after you play? Um, yeah, it'll definitely be a lot different, but I know our coaching staff is very – they're, they're going to be so prepared for either team, no matter who we play. So I'm not really worried about the preparedness just because I believe in our coaching staff, and I think that they will prepare us for as much as we need. Is this going to be the first Thanksgiving? You won't be home in Ottawa with the family? No, last year we were in Myrtle um, Beach, but my ex and my parents came. So uh, I was your mom able gets to be around. With my I see her everywhere. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and um, very thankful that they are willing to sacrifice their time and family time to be able to come watch me. And again, this year um, they're going to come to Canada with us over Thanksgiving. So I'm really excited about that. So I get to see some of my family and. Um, Usually, I mean, we play Thursday, but I'll probably FaceTime the family, you know, when they, the big get-together and everything. So I'll get to see everyone, just not be there present. Um, but, you know, I'm doing what I love. And so they understand that, and they support me. And so, yeah, that's, yeah. With your family, they're going to digitally pass you around the room for like an hour, I would imagine. Oh, for sure. Everyone's <laughs> going to talk to me, Ethan, Ethan included. You just tell Robin, um, Coach, I, I'll be back in like an hour. i got to go talk to my family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if if you uh, you get a chance to give the OG girls this year a bit of advice, what do you say to them? 
play as hard as you can every play. Uh, don't give up. Never quit. And just play Titan basketball. You know, just, you know, I don't know. It's just so, I loved high school and um, it was so much fun. And just take it all in, no matter what. You know, practices will get tough. Um, games are going to get tough. You know, you, you'll win, you lose, you know, but each game is different from the next. And you just have to embrace all those memories that you're going to create. Well, I wish you absolutely nothing but the best of luck. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's Katie Hempfling from BGSU and OG. Back with more here on the show in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer could come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. I absolutely love this show. I just want to point this out. Just to be able to finally kind of give back the the people that I talk to on a regular basis and let you hear exactly what they're thinking. I know throughout the course of the season, the basketball season coming up, that uh, we're going to talk a lot about high school and college basketball. And I'm going to have a lot of uh, tremendous guests. I know Greg Ekus, the girls coach at Spencerville, is going to be on at some point. Also, if I can finish negotiating with his agent, Chris Kuhlman, the boys head coach at Lipsick. He's a shrewd negotiator, will be on as well. But there's one area that I'll be honest with you, I'm not real proficient in, and that's high school wrestling. I would love to be able to cover some more wrestling and to look at that and swimming as well, swimming and diving. I know the WBL has got a big part of that, and but I don't know a lot about it, and I would love to be able to give those kids coverage too. So if you are a part of that, you would like to be on the show, please do not hesitate to email me, mike at michaelhearn.com, or reach out on Twitter at michaelhearnpvp. The goal of this was to get every sport and every kid that needs a little bit more recognition exactly that. I just want to learn exactly how to do that. Uh, wrestling is not my forte unless it's you know, guys being hit with chairs or diving off random things. But outside of what I saw at Ohio State last week uh, on a Facebook video, they don't do a lot of pyro, and they don't do a lot of big entrances. Maybe maybe I'll get more people to that when they start shooting off rockets inside high school gyms. Seems like a bad idea. That's probably why I'm not in charge. But a big thanks to Troy Yant, to Corey Britton, to Katie Hempling, for being on this show. And a big thanks to you for listening wherever that you may be. High school basketball heating up and the winter season winding winding down in March. It's going to be a heck of a run between now and March, despite whatever Mother Nature continues to do outside. High school football all weekend long. Get out and support your favorite team, and I would love to hear from you. We're now on iTunes, by the way. You can leave a review. Please do. And tell me what exactly you like, don't like, or, I don't know, whatever else is on your mind. Thank you so much for listening to this episode number two 
of Around the Hearn. Have a great night and even better tomorrow and wherever you are. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.